This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. It's a show about the most interesting people and stories in Mississippi. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I'm editor-at-large and editorial cartoonist with Mississippi Today. I am, like, thrilled about our guest today. Our guest is Nina Parikh, and she's the director of the Mississippi Film Office. She's been 25 years. Now, this blows my mind because I literally remember when she was hired. She's been there for 25 years. She began working as a deputy director in 1998 and became director in 2017. Did they even have movies in 1998? I think they were talkies or something. They weren't, no, they weren't talkies. They were silent back then. Anyway, uh, she studied filmmaking at New York University and the University of Southern Mississippi, and her workplace is a celebration of great things here in Mississippi, and they're celebrating a massive anniversary. They're 50 years old this year. That's unbelievable. And um, she's here today to talk a little bit about how things have changed since um, filmmakers began coming to the Magnolia State. I believe the first one was 1903. The same year, literally, that the Wright brothers flew. Uh, it was a very riveting film about the the mighty Mississippi. You got it. They just wanted, I, I, su- I assume they just wanted to see what the Mississippi River looked like on film and for people to be able to see it all over the world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a short film. We've never seen it. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't anymore. exist anymore. It yeah, it kind of just deteriorated and so forth, kind of like yeah. most of the films of me playing football. Yeah, but yeah. but they did one, the same company did another one in 1916 called The Crisis, which was a feature-length film, which we just screened in Vicksburg, where it was filmed. And what was cool about it, they actually filmed it at the battlefield and yes. using Mississippi National Guard troops yes. to film it. Yes, how cool is that? That was, yeah, that is pretty neat. I mean, it's pretty, that speaks... Uh, the hospitality of Mississippi for the film industry. I mean, when you get the National Guard out there in 1916, and that could still happen today. I mean, we have partners all over this state that are willing to help a film um, find the resources, find the talent, you know, use a, a battleground, um, a battlefield. That's why Mississippi, beyond our rebate program, but that's why Mississippi does so well in this industry because. We're film friendly. We're, we're friendly You're in free- general, no, you, yeah. but we're film friendly. Yeah. Now, what you know, Ward was a little grumpy sometimes. <laughs> Ward Emling, by the way, who was the director for years, and love Ward. I'm just kidding. He's actually one of the nicest guys in the world. Great act. Yes. Just acting is his uh, his hiney off right now. Yes. He's just so happy out there doing it. Yeah. So I often think in a situation, what would Ward do in this situation? Do you have what a little would bracelet? He say I yeah. should. Yeah. I should have. What would Ward do? Yeah. Sounds like leave it to Beaver, but that's okay. Sorry, man. I just dumped it. That was a really old reference there for folks that grew up watching TBS like I did. Man, I'm so glad you're here. It's good to see you. Thank you for having me. This is um this is a great way to wrap up the year, our 50th anniversary year, and yeah, to happy. spend an hour with you and talking about film and um, the great state of Mississippi. Yeah, I'm I'm totally pro what y'all do because. Um, and, and Lacey agrees with me 100%, don't you, Lacey? Because she's like, she's a theater kid. You know, you were in theater. You actually have a degree in theater. I do. That. But I tell you what, there is, you think about, in, in, and I came in 96, late 96, uh, to Mississippi. In fact, right, right, my 27th anniversary, literally last Thursday, we crossed the Rubicon called the Mississippi River, and we have not looked back, my wife and I. Uh, but the one thing I've discovered, every time there's a movie, it's like the level of pride 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we go into theater and we see our friends and our neighbors and scenes that we recognize, and it brings in money and jobs. It's just a win all the way around for the it state. It is a win. Even if it's something, you know, there's a movie called From Black that was made in Natchez a couple years ago, and it's in the horror thriller genre. Mm-hmm. Even that, you know, like we screened it in Natchez for the locals that were part of it, and the filmmakers came down to celebrate with the community. And, you know, you want it to all be happy in My Dog Skip. and you know. Oh, good... yeah. Did you see the ending of My Dog Skip, by the way? <laughs> No, because I, you're crying. I know you my wife literally. No. I had to re- resuscitate her. Yeah, she was crying yeah. so hard. But I mean, even you know, like I said, like something like yeah. from Black, you're still excited. You see, you see Richie Montgomery, you know, the local actor from Natchez in it, yeah. and he's playing this bad guy, and you can't even believe it because he's the nicest guy ever. And you see these locations, and you're and you're proud of it, even if it's yeah. that that's not your kind of movie. You're still proud of it. Yeah. What I mean, we're, New York, obviously. Southern Miss, uh, the connection and everything. And I was I was going to ask this to Lacey, too. What what brought you to here, to work, and so forth? You know, like for me, I'm from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I wanted to get in the film industry, I guess I could have hung around Atlanta. Okay. By the way, does that is that like a – does that suck business away, or is that a good thing to have it, Atlanta just blow up like it has? Um, I mean, it's not – we can't host the things that are in Atlanta anyway. So right, you're not going to do a Marvel film. Correct. We don't right. have we don't have the resources for that. We don't have the incentive. We don't have an incentive program that's big enough to accommodate that. We don't have studios like they have yeah. there. So I wouldn't say that we're not really upset about that. Um, in a way, it kind of helps because it's, it's still within films, the gravity. Yeah. Yeah. The smaller films will come to us because Atlanta's hosting the big movies, so the smaller movies aren't getting the attention that they could get in a smaller community so they're happy to come over here so no it's it's okay it's it's not it's not a bad thing and it's also you know we can aspire to that too some aspects of that well that's the thing because it's like build it and they will come kind of thing but i mean i remember you know there were some sound stages built after you know the canton explosion in the Mm -hmm. 90s on that but and then things kind of it's like y'all wax and wane a little bit a little bit but you're on a major roll right now we are but you, you know we had to recover from um between 2017 and 2019, we lost a portion of our rebate program. Then we got it back. Yeah. Um, but in that period of time, we lost a lot of our crew base that were trained. You know, they were. Yeah, that's they, huge. they had been trained, and we were really growing um, the workforce. But then, you know, you can't go two years without work. So a lot of those people left and went to went to Atlanta, went to Louisiana, um, some across the country. Um, but that's slowly been building because since 2019, we've been going like gangbusters. Um, 2020 and until now, we've had an average of maybe 20 features a year. That's a crazy number. That of is, that really for is. Us. And they're and they're um, for everything from maybe you know, hundred thousand to thirty million. I oh mean, yeah. you usually get the whole gambit. Yeah, and you know we love those little ones because the little ones. They don't have a whole. They don't have money to spend frivolously on hotel rooms and. Um, things that aren't going to be seen on the screen. So they're more likely to hire our locals to use resources that are here. So those little ones really help train our people and grow our crew base, grow our our vendor services so that they understand what a film needs. Um, The big ones are great to have, too, for other reasons, because they obviously have a lot of money to spend. But they're not, at this point, ready to hire a bunch of locals because we don't have a huge crew base. So they're like, you know what? I can afford to bring my people. So they bring their people. 
so the the range is real important to have the smaller ones and the bigger ones. But there's like pockets of it. And, you know, I interviewed Tate. Gosh, it was during the pandemic, so it's been a while. Yeah. But Tate Taylor and and they've what they're doing down in Natchez is kind of cool. They're 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 kind of developing a little culture down there, yeah. a, little, a little island. Yeah, it's it, amazing. They're doing. Um, I mean, they they bought a building right there along the river yeah. called Crooked Letter Picture Company, and so yeah. they've hosted some projects there, and they're growing that. Of course, right now, I don't know if you've seen this. They've been really uh, spending some time with their convenience store and restaurant, Church Hill Variety. I saw that. They're building like a community around there. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm ready to go have some red beans and rice. I know. Now now you're making me hungry because it's still two hours (laughs) till lunch. I think even that first weekend when they opened, which was just about a month ago, I mean, Octavia Spencer was there at the cash register and Tate's behind, you know, the grill and he's cooking. So... That, It'll be fun. It'll be fun to go. Natchez really, I mean, of course, Natchez has had a long history, too, I mean, of films being filmed there. I mean, Huckleberry yeah. Finn in 1973. Um, Jennifer Ogden Combs, that's how she got her career, literally, is that's volunteering right. and working there. And yeah. then she ends up working for 20th right. Century Fox. And Ward, too. Ward, too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I think he worked in the costume department on Huckleberry Finn and met Jennifer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, well, once again, Mississippi, two degrees of separation. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, and she she produced like um, Tuesdays with Maury right. and so forth. So, right. and but she and then she came back and worked there. But I mean, yeah. that to me, when you have these productions, that's what that's the gift that it gives because, like you said, people get to work there, they get to discover they might enjoy film, and also too, I, I was joking a little bit earlier about in 1998 there being silent pictures. That's really a rude way to introduce your guests, and I apologize. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, Lacey told me I needed to apologize, so I was just going to apologize. Uh, but that said, the technology now is so much different now that smaller production companies can come in and make films that yeah. look very good. I mean, like anybody, anybody yeah. can come in with your phone almost. Right? You exactly. Know. I mean, they've made films on on iPhones, and they've been at Sundance. You know, those films that have been made. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, when I started in 1998 at the film office. Prior to that, I was freelancing in the industry for six years before that. And I was mostly a camera assistant. And that was film, a Mm -hmm. film camera assistant. I didn't really do video much. Um, You know, if you, I couldn't, I couldn't do it today. If you had to, if you popped me in as a camera <laughs> assistant today, because most of it's not shot on film anymore. Yeah, thanks George Lucas. Yeah, so yeah. you know it's a whole different ball game now. And while yes, I could do it on my iPhone, if you if you threw me in as a a first camera assistant, you know to do what I did thirty years ago. Yeah, I'd I'd be looking blankly like I don't know how to. I don't know how to adjust the setting. What does it need to be on? <laughs> I, I think you could probably fi- you know, take a little bit of training, but I think you'll figure it out. But you don't want to at this point. I think I'm, I'm done with that part of my career. You're good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in 1998, I also drew on a piece of paper with pens. That's right. Know, and I do it on a tablet right. now. So yeah, the world has changed a little bit yeah. on that. But but that, like I said, that has opened up a, a big opportunity. And I think when people think films in Mississippi, they think, oh, well, just movies. But it's not. It's everything from TV series. So you got documentaries, commercials, music videos. Right. You know, you have um, reality shows that have been filmed here. That's right. So a little bit of everything. Well, it's it's. I remember when Hometown came. Oh to my us, lord! Yes. Yeah. And they came in originally as a pilot, and they had a very unfortunate name at the time. And I'm glad they didn't stick with it. I'm not going to tell you what it was, <laughs> but they didn't stick with it, and they moved on to Hometown. And in the beginning, I thought, you know, is this how is this going to do? Not sure, and then first, then they picked up, were picked up for that first season, and I still wasn't sure. 
Yeah. It's like, are they really going to be into this? It's literally and gotten better every year. It has. They're going to have to start tearing down houses and rebuilding yeah. them because, I mean, they've literally, they're going to run out of houses. It's true. Uh, but at the time, I think Ben and Aaron would say this anyway, you know, yeah. themselves. Ben is the extrovert. He is the people person, yeah. and Aaron was not. And so I think there was like a little bit of like, is this going to work on screen? And I think because they are so true to themselves, yes. they're so authentic, it does work. And it just kept, it, like you said, it keeps building, and it gets, gets better and better every season. Um, but we, you know, at that time, it was like, all right, well, here are these people making this this pilot in this first season. We'll just see where it goes. We also had um, there was one called the Shed, like right before that, about the sh- the barbecue joint on yeah. the coast. Um, big personalities down there, so we were expecting a lot from that. And um, you know, you just kind of go, well, th- we do have interesting people in Mississippi, and everything's bright and colorful. And and we're a bunch of storytellers. We're so. storytellers, and so this has got to work at some point. And lo and behold, hometown works. Um, I mean, if we could have five hometown shows happening in Mississippi, be thrilled. Yeah. Thrilled. Because it's changing the landscape of the state. Let's go back to, um, before we go to break, let's talk. go back to once the economic impact mm-hmm. and the marketing impact of the film industry. I mean, you could just stop with hometown. Right. Because literally, and a lot of kudos to Ben and Aaron, because them and their friends, they all kind of figure, yeah. like, I love it, you know, and I've interviewed them and- like I said, there is real in person is what you see on television. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. There is no drop off whatsoever in person. But, um, you know, they bought a store on one end of town of the, of the street downtown, right. and then their friend bought one on the other end, and they created traffic in between the two. And then suddenly, all those other shops filled up. Right. And next thing you know, I mean, I literally have friends from high school in Georgia. They're like. Man, we're coming to Laurel this weekend. <laughs> Have you ever been to Laurel? Do you know Ben and Aaron? And then Ben dropped my name one day on the show. My sister called me up and she said, You finally made it. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You know, you're my own sister. Who should know? But anyway, I, that was a really cool moment. But like I said, the impact on Laurel has been a wonder, which was a great town anyway. I mean, it's always right. Lauren Rogers Museum. Best museum. Oh, just incredible. Yeah, just incredible. I mean, just so the bones were there, as they say, about rebuilding a house. But once again, it has made Mississippi put Mississippi on the map in a very positive way. Very positive. I mean, I think that whatever um, preconceived notions people might have about Mississippi, hometown has change that for them i think you you are 100 correct mm-hmm. see i agree with my guest that's great <laughs> fantastic thank you for listening by the way it's glad to have you along and we got a great guest today somebody that i've been wanting to get on the show for a long time and we just i figured this is the last show of the year uh live show then we just save the best for last how's that sound hey i like that i do nina Parika's is here <laughs> nina um Gosh, like I said, you and I, you kind of got started at the film office about the same time I got here to Mississippi and started mm-hmm. the Clarion Ledger. And and it's, like I said, your business has grown. Mine's changed. It's just been fun. But there is tr- truly something about Mississippi when it comes to storytelling. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I think about, say, for example, there's a there's a, an event, a conference that comes up once a year called Real Screen, which has to do with unscripted television. Yeah. And, um We've gone a couple years. I haven't gone yet, actually. Tabi Moyo in our office has gone for us on our behalf, and then it's coming up in New Orleans uh, in January. And when I think about pitching Mississippi to these producers of unscripted television, it's like, 
I mean, there are stories everywhere in Mississippi. Of course, you're going to want to come here (laughs) to look for a story. Um, We have great stories, and we tell those stories well. We we are, you know, I grew up, my parents didn't grow up in Mississippi or in the United States. My dad's from India, my mom's from the Philippines. Also storytelling traditions Mm -hmm. there. Um, But I didn't grow up with the stories like so many Southerners do yeah. Mississippians do you know where you have these generations of sit know, on the front porch sit on the front porch go to the same um, cabin every summer and every you know holiday I didn't have that but I have had it because I've been around Southerners and I've been here so long you know this is my home and so it's it it is while it's normal here um, and I I think all, all Southerners or all Mississippians kind of think, well, this is just how the world works. And then you have people that come in, say, from Los Angeles or New York or wherever they're coming from, and they're making movies here, and they start to meet the locals because they stay in a community for months at a time. And then they're sitting on those front porches, and they say to us, like, wow, this this is amazing. This is great. This is not, this is not their norm. That was, that was the story of the help. For instance, I mean, all those actors, they just literally, they had houses, they had pools. They just kind of hung out and enjoyed. They're like, this is, this is okay. Yeah. Cookie's fortune was the same way in Holly Springs. Um, These folks, they make lifelong friends while they're here. Yeah. Uh, They come back, they come visit. We have all the time. We'll get phone calls and, People will ask, you know, I saw Matthew McConaughey here, or I saw Cal Penn here. Um, are they working on a movie? Like, no, they're not working on a movie yeah. here. So they must be visiting friends. <laughs> um, but people buy houses here. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And anybody you want to tell us where they live so we can go visit them? <laughs> Maybe after after the show. After the show. After okay. the show. Get there. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, it's um, just – and just looking at the films, and, and the thing that I like about it is that early on, it's like a lot of the films were, you know, they were, okay, well, we need to film a place where they have antebellum mansions. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, it's going to be a period piece to that, or it's going to be about civil rights. And those were great movies, don't get me wrong. Now yeah. it's like George Lopez literally films a, mo- a movie that's based, that's set in Los Angeles, and they right. film it in Mississippi. Exactly. We're actually, we're showing that tonight ah. at... Um, the Legacy Theater, which was the Parkway Theater previously over on... Oh, in Flowood. Um, in Flowood, mm-hmm. exactly. So if anybody wants to come see that, see Mississippi is Los Angeles. How do you pull that one off? <laughs> okay, we're going to move the one palm tree we have. Well, yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I've seen the trailer, and there are moments where I'm like, I know that's Mississippi and not Los Angeles, but hey, the rest of the world will buy it. So, Oh, you mean the standard life building isn't New York? <laughs> So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I think you know a lot of it happens in interiors, so it doesn't matter that. Well, much. that's a good point. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. So and they and they shot exteriors in. But Los how Angeles. cool is that they did it here? Though it's so cool. It's so cool. We're real excited about it. And apparently, it started streaming um, early December, and it's top ten on whatever platform um, they're streaming on. That's fantastic. And, yeah. and like you said, you, it's such a word of mouth business. That when that crew mm-hmm. goes back, they're going to say, man, we had a great experience in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, um, the film industry is small. Yes. And, and producers and that talk has to actually, other producers. But that's bit, bit Mississippi in the past, too. Sure. You sure. Know? I mean, yeah. that one example of, of them wanting to film at Ole Miss and it ended up filming down at LSU. Right. And it kind of set you all back for a couple of years. You know, right. just stuff like that. But. You know, you're, that's what your job is. That's right. That's right. It's well, like, luckily, we've had like a pretty here. good track record 
in the, in the last well since Ward was around. Yeah. So Ward's okay. done okay. Ward did. <laughs> I learned from the best. He really is. Best. I, he's a great guy. He really is. Yeah. It was. I inter- got to interview him, and he was acting in a movie, and he was so excited about it. It's like I don't think I've ever yeah. seen you this happy before. I know it's really great to see life after you know in retirement to see him thriving um in his first love which is which is acting yeah you'll be getting your 13th check before you know it (laughs) 25 so you're gonna do this forever and i I get that and and i hope so because you're doing a great job (laughs) thank you so what would you do necessarily after this oh that's so funny that you ask that um i think about that regularly it's like what would i do what do i want to do i love a huge variety of things um I am passionate about voter education. Yeah. So, you know, I'd love to do something in that realm. It's a very important topic these days. Um, I I love food. I love food. There's Ooh. no Filipino restaurant here. So it's like, well, maybe I need to dip, dip into my roots and, and see if the food world makes some sense for I'd me. I'd be there opening night. Um, and then, you know, I still have the film bug. I still have a storytelling bug. Yeah. Um, I have produced before, and um, I have some documentaries that I that are unfinished. So maybe we go back to those. Um, but you know, I I would love to make um, use the resources in Mississippi to make a a little Miss Sunshine type thing. You yeah. know, like it's fun, and it's heartfelt. Um, it's a little naughty, but not too naughty. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're at the, I mean, the 50th anniversary, the golden anniversary, which I think that's pretty appropriate. Tell us a little bit about just kind of a brief history of the film office here in Mississippi and some of the, the notable films, because there have been some huge films that have actually been filmed here. Yeah, I mean, how do you sum up 50 years? I don't know. I mean, it started with Robert Altman. That was Thieves Like Us was the yeah. first film under under the film office. Yeah. Um, that was in 1973, and they filmed in Canton. Um, and then... You know, there's we talked about Natchez and the films that were in Natchez yeah. uh, and the civil rights um, era. I mean, the Civil War era stories that happened in the Natchez area, so the North and Souths, yeah. um, which were really important for that area. Uh, and and to this day, you know, people remember in the film industry the the people that have been there a while. They remember being in Natchez and the hospitality there. So that still exists in the world. Um, and then you know we, in the eighties we had we had, well, I'll say, going into the nineties, eighties nineties, we had you know the, the chamber and a time to kill the John Grisham movies, um, and then we had the insider as well, um, the one that was on the Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. um, so you you started to see things open up a little bit there where it wasn't it wasn't just this. Civil War, Civil Rights. It wasn't just about Mississippi. Because they needed the backdrop. They needed yeah. the backdrop. And we're starting to, to spread out a little bit um, to, while they were still Mississippi films, it was a different era. Um, you know, it's cool that also, for a long time, we were we were trying to be the best Mississippi possible for the screen, right? So yeah. if there was a Faulkner-based film, whether it was Intruder in the Dust or As I Lay Dying or Sound and the Fury, we want those movies to be made here. Right. We don't want that going somewhere else, right? right? Um, Tennessee Williams films were made here. Baby Doll and This Property is Condemned was on the Gulf Coast. So, you know, we were always – we were great at being Mississippi, um, we we're great at being in the South. And then, you know, we, we come out of the 90s and moving into the 2000s, and it starts to spread out even more from there um, where we're 
starting to host, say, a Western called The Duel in Greenwood, or um, we start to become um, a place for thrillers and horror films, or Everyday America, like The Hollers, mm-hmm. um, which was John Krasinski, um, and they were in the Fondren area and in the Jackson area. So it's been really neat to see how how suddenly now we're, not suddenly, well, we over the years we have grown into not just being the South. We have grown into being anywhere in the world. We can be Los Angeles for um, George Lopez. We can be, you know, for Get On Up, which Tate yeah. Taylor directed. None of that happens in Mississippi. That's James Brown's story. That's right. That happens in Georgia. That happens in Boston. That happens in Paris. It does not happen in Mississippi. But we served all of those places here in Mississippi. Um, and then, of course, Tate has made four movies here. And I'm trying. Only the Help was based here, mm-hmm. so everything else was was not a Mississippi-based story itself. Um, so that growth has just just been incredible to watch over the years. And I've been a part of I've been a part of that. Yeah. You know, all oh this no, time. it's been yeah. Um, I want to talk just real briefly about um, a film that's about that celebrated its 30th anniversary last year. And it's on my mind because the Sundance Film Festival is celebrating its 40th anniversary. So they put out a call to to the world mm-hmm. and said, tell us, you know, what your favorite Sundance films were. And we're going to showcase some of those at the 40th anniversary. And one of the eight feature films that they are going to be showcasing next January, this coming January, um, is Mississippi Masala. Really? Yeah. And that was made in the Delta and a little bit on the Gulf Coast. And, you know, that movie was made in, I think, 1990. Um, I think that's right. Maybe a little maybe a little later than that. It's, well, I guess I can just go, go back 30 years and we'll know what the, date is, what the year is. Uh, but what an incredible movie for Mississippi. I, you know, I don't know if you've seen Mississippi Masala, but that was – that was dealing with themes that I think, you know, we're still dealing with today, the intersectionality of different communities mm-hmm. coming together. You know, we're in that movie, there was an Indian family from Uganda who's in the Delta and then interacting and interfacing with the black community in the Delta. Um, and there's a love story there. And, you know, there, there are just some really interesting stories that have been told in Mississippi, both Expected and unexpected, and I would call that one of the unexpected ones, um, but a very joyful one that we could see that. And, you know, we see we see that kind of that intersectionality happening um, in shows like Hometown today, yeah. uh, where these these projects um, really show what Mississippi is in a way that isn't always told. You know, we're, we're obviously known for a certain kind of history very challenging history, um, but that's not all that we are. And, and it's cool to see some of these projects highlight that. Um, the first movie I saw before, I saw it literally right before I got the job offer here, was um, was Time to Kill. Oh, yeah. And my wife is like, do they have air conditioning in Mississippi? <laughs> I said, There's a lot of sweating in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, Judd pulled it off, but everybody else looked pretty miserable on the whole thing. It was pretty hot, but... You know, we do have AC. It worked out great, but I came anyway. We're so. glad you came. We're glad you Thanks. came. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, like I said, it's true. There's, there's a few things. Just looking. 
I, I recently interviewed Michael Ferrismith. Yeah, love Rumble Through the Dark. I love him on so many different levels. And I'm Rumble Through the Dark course was filmed in Natchez. Mm-hmm. The performance, I just had a, a, a moment, the, the Aaron uh, Eckhart, is that right? Yes. Lead actor. Yes. That was a fantastic performance yeah. in that. Uh, that was an incredible performance. But Michael, I mean, he he's like, okay, we love your story. Have you got a screenwriter? And his agent's like, hey, why don't you learn how to write start screenwriting? And, man, he, like, nailed it on the first two screen, uh, screenplays he wrote. Yeah, and, Desperation I mean, I'm, Road. And, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sitting there watching it literally with the closed caption on just to read mm-hmm. the thing on that. But he, he shared with me, and I think he shared on the air too, um, a conversation he had with Mel Gibson. And he, he said, I was so nervous talking to Mel Gibson because they're like, yeah, yeah, Mel's read it. He's interested and he you know, wants to talk to you. And he said, yeah, Mel Gibson's exactly what you thought he'd be. He was kind of gruff and everything. He was a little bit nervous. And he said, um, he said, I've been waiting my whole life to read something this blank and good. Wow. And you're I just like, yeah. So, you know, for whatever you think about Mel Gibson, the guy can make some movies, right? Mm-hmm. He's a great director and a good filmmaker. Yeah. And you're just like, wow. Okay. To have that. But like I said, we have talent here. And it's nice yeah. to see that, like you said, the first movie didn't get made here. It got Indiana or someplace. But this, this one, of course, Rumble in the Dark was made in Natchez. Right. That's fantastic. That's right. So, so. Um, I would say that, you know, to go back to the question that you asked earlier, like, what is the how how has the film industry grown in Mississippi over the 50 years? And that's where we're where we are now, where yeah. the Michael Ferris Smiths, the writers who are from here, who are, are now on the screen. I mean, I have a whole list of people yeah. that when I started in 1998, no one, no locals were making feature films here. They yeah. were they were lucky to be able to make a short film or a documentary. Um, and now, you know, like last week we had a local filmmaker. Um, her name is Drika Siobhan. She's here in the Jackson area. She went to the USM program, which I'm a graduate of yeah. as well. Um, she just finished her feature. This is her second feature, I think. You know, there's Robbie Fisher, who's up in the northern part of the state, who's produced features, and Michael Williams, who's in, like, West Point, Mississippi. And then there's um, people like Roderick Red that are here in the Jackson metro area who has his own production company. So he's doing documentaries and all sorts of work all over Mississippi and all over the country. So he has Red Squared Productions. And then, I mean, people that aren't here right now but are very tied to Mississippi and will come back and forth. Um, Jacqueline Bethany and Al Warren um, are both directors. Al made Dogleg, which we premiered back in the summer during mm-hmm. our film summit. And he's act- he's an actor, too. And he's in Dream Scenario with Nicolas Cage, that movie that's getting a whole lot of buzz right now. So he has a, a role in that. Um Talmika Bryce, who's here, yeah. I think you know Talmika, oh, yeah. documentary filmmaker. And so that's um, like the the real excitement yeah. these days is that our storytellers are actually having this opportunity um, because the resources are more um, available and affordable. They're able to make these projects happen. Um, and, and our stories are out in the world because yeah. of these Mississippi storytellers. And that just is going to continue to grow. Well, technology, the the internet, obviously, and of course, you know, I'm coming from it, from the newspaper side of it, but the world got blown up and it suddenly there were no gatekeepers anymore. It right. was no, like for even for me, editorial cartoonists, you know, there'd be five of us, you know, you were, you're chosen. But now because of streaming, which I think streaming totally changed the ballgame. Yeah. I mean, they're hungry. It's like cable was back in the 80s when they were suddenly hungry for all this content. Right. Now with streaming, the filmmakers, I mean, they're literally in demand because they've got 
I mean, they, they have this whole new giant platform. They don't have to wait for right. to, to work their way up through a major, you know, film company to be able to get to it. They yeah. can create their own product and it can get picked up and on Netflix. Right. And also it doesn't have to be the standard two hours or right. even 30 minutes. I mean, look at know, Last whatever. Chance of You and the yeah. storytelling it did there. Oh. So. Such a good series. Such a good. Series. It really was, yeah. and it was, I don't even watch football. <laughs> I, I know love it. Last Chance You. I did too, and it's um, yeah, Brittany. I've, I've interviewed her and so forth, and how it changed their lives and so yeah. forth, and Buddy and so forth, yeah. and on that. But it was about people. It was about our stories. Exactly. On that, so you know, um, once again, fifty years. That's incredible. Did y'all like? Um, did you get like some good swag or something to celebrate? Or, you know? <laughs> We do have a pretty great T-shirt. I'll have to bring one for you. Yeah. Look at you. Yeah. That's great. I would think that you have the best job in the world just because you get to work and help support and promote some of the most talented people in Mississippi. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. I mean, it does feel like, I mean, obviously every job has its drudgery. Um, so no. we, we, <laughs> we have that too. But I thought it was all sunshine and rainbows <laughs> and unicorns. <laughs> But I do remind myself every day, you know, I get to be a part of somebody's dream every day. Yeah. Every single day, whether it's a filmmaker that's coming to Mississippi looking for the resources, looking for the right locations, um, or the Mississippian, the the student at whatever program is Mississippi, there are like nine or ten different programs now teaching some sort of visual media, Um, whereas when I went to school there was one. Um, But I I get to be some some part of that. Um, yesterday was really funny. I was at Sunflower Oven at this event, um, a crafting event, not a film event. And I'm sitting there and I'm introducing myself to someone that's next to me. And uh, I say, you know, I'm Nina. And he says, Nina Parikh? And I said, yeah. And he said, you came and talked to my class at St. Andrews to talk about film. And I didn't know anything about film, you know. And so it's like yeah. those kinds of things where we get to touch people's lives in a way that's um, very, real exciting. You know, they're like, oh, I didn't know this was an option. You know, so we do get to be a little, little tiny part of maybe making um, a little bit of that dream come true. So well, the head start, too, the kids have. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. at my son's high school, I remember there were kids that were, like, in 10th grade that were making really good short films. Right, right. I'm seeing stuff on Instagram, like, my my friend's children who are, you know, like, in middle school, and they're doing these animated things that they're posting. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah, so I, I might as well just go work at Walmart. Yeah. I'll go with you. We can. Oh, that'd be fine. Yeah. That'd be cool. We would be so. We'd probably make a film after. We would, and that's that's the thing. We could end up doing a documentary. You know, we could do our own little reality series. Let's do. We'll be greeters at Walmart when we retire, and we'd be so incredibly friendly. We would. We would just almost as friendly as Lacey, right? (laughs) No, she's shaking her head now. Okay. Yeah, I was just talking. We were just talking about how time is flying. That literally, we were sitting in together at Kung Fu with our kids, and now they're all grown up. (laughs) I know. Mine's 16. My youngest is 16. Mine's 14. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so fun to see them play around with video and do all the sort of things. And it is. I wasn't sure that mine would be into it, honestly. But when he was four years old, so my husband also works in the film industry. And he at that time, he was working on As, as I Lay Dying, I think, or The Sound of the Fury. I can't remember which one. No, it was The Sound and the Fury. Yeah. Um, and... We went and visited the set, and I brought our kiddo with me. I don't normally, but it just worked out that way. 
And he helped the art department because my husband worked in the art department. And he said he had to move some things around. It was like James Franco's character's bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was told that he could fluff some pillows and he could uh, arrange some frames, arrange some little small animals, you know, figurines. And afterwards he said, Mom, I don't think I need to go to school anymore. I said, what? (laughs) Well, I'm going to do what Dad does. And I said, well, what does Dad do? He arranges things for his job. And I said, well... Yeah, I guess you're, yeah, he does. You're right. <laughs> okay, we need to reframe his job a little bit here because you do need to keep going to school. Yeah, so that was at four. Um, and then yeah, yeah. he's done, we haven't, we've hosted. Um, as long as camp- he doesn't do it at 14. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't need to go to school anymore because exactly. dad just arranges things. And but Last summer, and he's done this a couple of years, we do the Kate and Young Filmmakers Program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's been happening for 20 years, I think. And it's a one-week program. Kids between the ages of 8 and 17 come in, and they start from zero. You know, they come in, and they, we break them up into groups. They come up with a story that first day. They do all their pre-production. They write their script. They shoot it, and by the end of the week, they have a finished film. They've edited it, and we do a little premiere. Um, anyway, he's done that twice before, so it's kind of fun to see. You know, there's a little bit of interest. I don't know that, that he'll necessarily go into to that world but there's there's a little bit of interest but I always tell the parents of that program I'm not expecting um, the parents of the students of that program I'm not expecting that all those kids are going to become filmmakers or artists of any sort at the end of, of the program but what I do see is that all of those kids come away knowing that they can start from nothing Mm-hmm. and have something by the end of the week um, that is tangible, that can be enjoyed. And so I hope that that's what those kids walk away with, is that they can they can start with nothing and finish something, um, whatever the project might be. Here's know? what's so important about, you know, you think about kids, and people always ask, do you kids draw? And I was like, no, I used to hit their hands with rulers to keep them from drawing. <laughs> I want to live in a good nursing home, you know, with my kids. But... The creativity, I mean, all my kids are very creative, and, and they're good storytellers. Mm-hmm. And what you're, what you're teaching those kids at that camp is literally a skill set that they can go into any company. Because now companies right. are all telling their own stories, right? They right. have their own in-house film uh, you know, departments and right. so forth. But you're giving them a skill set that will literally take them to the stratosphere. Absolutely, yeah, in any place. And it's yeah. not just about... Um, making a video. I mean, really, yeah. it is it's like, oh, well, we needed um, a costume, a intricate costume for this particular character, and there's there will be a kid that right. is in charge of that, you know. So, it it might not be. And who knows? The they may have a TikTok and end up becoming oh, yeah. a huge celebrity. Oh yeah. I mean, we have stranger one, things have happened. One of our students, um, he had an interest in special effects makeup. You know, he was a middle schooler and. They would write stories. He, he was with us for a couple of years. They would write stories and like, oh, we want to create a troll that lives under the bridge. And he's like, can I bring my stuff? Oh, yeah, of course, bring yeah. your stuff. He he works in Hollywood now. Yeah. He's in his early 20s, and he's, like, worked on Maleficent and these huge movies, and he's working in special effects makeup. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing that can happen um, if we just – allow some room for that. That's allow right. Allow some room for it. The, the bottom line is kids actually have to be able to see it sometimes before they can do it. Yeah. And they, that's one of the things that y'all are allowing to have happen. Yeah. 
It's super fun. It is super fun, fun see, to see that. I told you you had a fun job. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I know it. I got the t shirt, right? <laughs> So, okay, so you made it to 50. Congratulations. That's the way I felt when I hit 50. By the way, did you all get an AARP card in the mail? <laughs> That's fine. I, I am personally getting the AARP oh, I, card No, I did now, too. But yeah. <laughs> I actually, I need it now. But our office, so. yeah, our office should. Yeah, I think so, definitely. <laughs> well, all the discounts. I mean, and when you eat dinner at 4 o'clock. I'm not doing that yet. I'm I, not there yet. You're there? Yeah. Okay. Well, I go to bed early, so there you go, because I'm old. Um no, but seriously, where, where, where does 51 to 100 take you? That's a great question. You know, we've kind of looked at, um, you know, how do you, how do you follow a big 50th year celebration? And we need more trained people yeah. to do the jobs in this state. So next year we're dedicating to, in all the ways that we can, workforce development, partner, partnering with schools, um, connecting with people with skill sets that would translate to the film industry, being in communities and, and making sure that businesses know that, that there's specific work for this industry that they could be participate in. So, yeah, that's where, that's where we have our eyes set right now, just in the immediate future. But, you know, the more stories we can get, get people telling, Mississippians telling stories, the ones that really want to do this, we want to make sure that they know that there are resources here and that we are going to help nurture that. Uh, I mean, think about how many types of screens do you have access to? I mean, you have yeah. your phone, you've got an iPad, you've got your computer. And you're using them got, all at the same time. You're using all of them. Yeah. They all need content. That's right. So there's just no reason why that content can't be made here in Mississippi. If we're the best storytellers in the world, which I say we are. Yeah. Why not? Right. Exactly. So that's that's what we have our eyes set on. Well, and just from our previous discussion, it truly and from the previous history, it sounds like the secret for you and for the film office and for this industry is consistency, just to keep it going consistently so you can train the people and keep them employed and keep them here. That's right. That's right. And we've been, you know, we've been so fortunate over the years that the directors of this office over the years are, one, they're still around. I'm about to say, that's incredible. And and we all learn from each other. I I knew, you know, Walterine Odom. I knew about her. And she was from 1973 to 1980. Ward came along and then he took a gap, a gap few years. Mm -hmm. I did not realize John Horn was. Yes. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, Senator Horn. Yeah. He uh, talks a lot about, you know, like a crowning achievement for him was Mississippi Burning. Burning. Which won an Oscar for cinematography. Correct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while it seems like, oh, that's such a hard Mississippi story, you know, why would we want that here? Well, what if it wasn't here? What if it was told somewhere else? And and then they don't actually get to experience the real Mississippi. So there are people that worked on that movie that while they were telling a very challenging story about Mississippi, they got to experience Mississippi for real. That's right. and, And see what it is now. Or not now, but you know, when they were here filming, um, and that could have had important. an effect on how they, how they told that told story. the story. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that's that's certainly you know we don't shy away from those really hard stories because we want them to experience Mississippi, and we want if if they don't have a detail right, you know, there we can maybe chime in and say you know that's not quite how it happened, and maybe that'll change. So. Um, but that was, you know, a big thing for him. He likes to talk about that. And so we've certainly followed in those footsteps mm-hmm. and we'll continue with that consistency <laughs> um, to make sure that we are part of the conversation. Yeah. You know, it, I remember um, when The Help came out and I was on another radio station mm-hmm. at the time, but I just remember 
how proud the community was about that movie. And it it became a huge tourism thing. It raised a lot of money for the community. It brought a lot of money back. They're still talking about it as well. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you talked about, you know, different actors that are, you know, I love seeing where people were like at a casino or something and they run into John Travolta. Right. You know, it's just, (laughs) and that's kind of the fun thing about this is the fact that you never know who you're going to bump into here in Mississippi. That is true. That is true. You know, bringing up John Travolta, he was here for a movie called uh, Cash Out. Um, And he was just the kindest person ever. Really? He would talk to him. I mean, he, he didn't have bodyguards around him the whole time. There were bodyguards, but he would just walk, walk down the beach, take pictures with people who ran into him at the casino, wherever he happened to be. Um, so it's really nice that, one, you know, Mississippians have always been very respectful yeah. for the most part of all these celebrities. So while, yes, they are getting their pictures, they're really kind to them overall. And I think that 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 says a lot for Mississippi as well. Um, you know, these actors have these experiences and then they tell the world, well, I had a really great time. Did you see that Instagram post this past week from Andrew McCarthy? Remember yes. From Breakfast Club? Was that that right there? Seriously. And, you know, I know you're, you're, you're really tight with the good folks at MDA. That was like the greatest ad campaign for Mississippi I think I've ever seen. Because that thing went everywhere. Everywhere. And he wasn't here for a film. He was here for a – he was on a book tour. He had written some book. Um, But he went around Mississippi, and, you know, he's like, Mississippi is – it wasn't what I expected. I loved it. I want to come back. And, you know, he posted these pictures of Red's Lounge and Roanoke and – I can't remember. Oh, um, he went out to the Delta. He went yeah. to the Delta. He went to Elvis's birthplace. Yes. It's like, this is amazing. You I know. know. It, it was he like, didn't have to do that. And literally, if I were tourism, I'd be like, hey, can we just like send out your, your <laughs> because it was, but, but once again, you know, yeah. you hear people say, oh yeah, Mississippi, what a great place to be. Yeah. Because I mean, that's what, every time I go, I mean, I speak out of state a lot and people always ask me about this place. It's like, what is it like? I said, it's amazing. It is. It is. It's it's a our little secret. It is. It's our little Except secret, you keep making movies <laughs> giving it away. We need to send that Instagram post to Kamel King. He could get a he'd get a kick out of that at yeah. visit Mississippi. Yeah, definitely. We sit right uh our offices are near each other, so I will make sure he sees it. And you yeah. can probably hear him. You can probably hear him. Yeah. <laughs> I can you hear Kamel's laugh for sure. Yeah, he's not very shy. He's not shy. That was that was a fun radio show with him too. <laughs> I tell you what, I mean, we're kind of wrapping up a little bit. Is there anything, um, anything coming up that we need to know about, or any way that any place where folks can find out a little bit more about what you're doing? Yeah, well, so uh, you know about these little strikes that happened this past year, the writers and the actors. So there's strike. there's some catch up going on. There's some catch up, yeah. So we have about six months worth of projects that really haven't happened that we're planning on happening, and then plus we have others that committed. Um, so. I'm going to say we have about 12 to 15 projects coming up pretty quickly all over the state, um, particularly, you know, Gulf Coast, Jackson, Natchez. Um, so if you work in this industry, you mm-hmm. need to be updating all of your information on, on your uh, profile. You know, as business owners, you know, pay attention. The, fil- yeah. the films will be in communities soon and we'll need services. So that's something to pay attention to. I would say, you know, and if starting, you see a famous person, it probably is actually a famous person. That's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> but you can, you can start 
keeping your eyes open in January. Um, there will be projects that's around awesome. the state. So that's exciting. Um, and then, of course, our, our website is filmmississippi.org. Uh, we have a, an e-newsletter. So if you want to mm-hmm. learn about what's going on in the film industry, if you want to be an extra or, or cast in a film, you can subscribe to that e-newsletter and we'll get you the info. I mean, I have a face for radio and a voice for newspapers. <laughs> Anytime, just give me a call. Let me know. Nina, this has been a huge pleasure. I'm so grateful. So grateful to wrap up the year with you. Yeah, and I hope the holidays treat you great, and I hope we have a new year, and we'll see you for year 51. Thank you. All right. I'd like to thank you for listening. A special thanks to our wonderful guests today joining us. And if you'd like to hear this or any past episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app on our MPB Public Media app. Now You're Talking is production of MPB Think Radio with episode and podcast produced by the incredible, amazing, and wonderful Lacey Alexander. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit is coming up next. This is our last show for the year. I just want to say real quick, I hope you all have a great holiday, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. And thank you so much for listening to the show. I'm Marshall Ramsey. We'll be back next year. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.